welcome to day 36 of Shape by the Word. I'm Paul Camp here with Cindy Camp, Katie Kresge, and Matt Kresge. We continue our journey through the book of Genesis, and we also continue our journey with uh, Jacob and his dysfunctional family. Of course, Jacob has just cheated Esau out of his birthright and both out of his blessing. And uh, he has run to a far country and has met his uh, brother-in-law Laban. And Laban has uh, been absolutely uh, Jacob's match. And so the two have gone back and forth. Uh, Jacob has been deceived into marrying the older daughter first. And he doesn't know that until he wakes up after his wedding night. And uh, he also marries a younger daughter for seven more years of labor. He loves Rachel. Leah's not loved. And so we enter into competition between Rachel and Leah for uh, Jacob's love. So before we continue into this dysfunctional family, which if there's any dysfunction in your family, this family will kind of make you feel good about the dysfunction you're experiencing. And, and plus it reminds us that the people that God is working in and through are are not heroic people. They're people, as Sally Lloyd-Jones would remind us, that are just like us. Sometimes they do some heroic things, but a lot of times they do really bad things, and a lot of times they do them on purpose. And they remind us not of the faithfulness of the people that God is working through, but the faithfulness of God in mm-hmm. spite of who he is working through. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when we read passages like this, we're almost shocked uh, at God's choice of Abraham, of Isaac, and of uh, Jacob. Uh, but when we look closer into our own hearts, we are equally shocked that he could use us as well. Right. And so it's by grace from beginning uh, to end. Mm-hmm. So before we continue uh, this week with the dysfunctions of Jacob, let's uh, take ourselves to the Heavenly Father, offer ourselves in this moment to him. Uh, Matt, you mind leading us in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who who works in spite of us and also works in us and through us. Father, we thank you that you display um, so much grace to us uh, in the person of Christ. And so, Father, we ask as we read um, this account of your dealing with, with such a dysfunctional family that, that Father, we would marvel um, at, at your power, at your work, uh, at the ways that, that you do work and that our hearts would be encouraged. Father, we thank you for this time together. Um, use your word um, to build us up and grow us up in Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. We pick up our reading in chapter 29 and verse 31. We'll read through uh, chapter 30 and verse 24. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive, but Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, As because the Lord has seen my misery, surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. She named him Simeon. Again she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Now at last my husband will be attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. So he was named Levi. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, Give me children or I'll die. Jacob became angry with her and said, Am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? Then she said, Here is Bill of my servant. Sleep with her so that she can bear children for me and I too can build a family through her. So she gave him her servant, Bill, as his wife. Jacob slept with her. She became pregnant and bore him a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me. He has listened to my plea and given me a son. Because of this, she named him Dan. 
Rachel's servant Billah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, I've had a great struggle with my sister and I've won. So she named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her servant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as his wife. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a son and Leah said, what good fortune. So she named him Gad. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, how happy I am. The women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. During the wheat harvest, Reuben went out into the fields and found some mandrake plants, which he brought plants, which he brought to his mother, Leah. Rachel said to Leah, "Please give me some of your son's mandrakes." But she said to her, "Wasn't it enough that you took away my husband? Will you take my son's mandrakes too?" Very well, Rachel said. He can sleep with you tonight and return for your son's mandrakes. So when Jacob came in from the field that evening, Leah went out to meet him. You must sleep with me, she said. I've hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he slept with her that night. God listened to Leah, and she became pregnant and bore Jacob a fifth son. Then Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has presented me with a precious gift. This time my husband will treat me with honor because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Sometime later, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and enabled her to conceive. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, May the Lord add to me another son. So we have in this, uh, in this section, we have the 12 sons that are uh, the 12 heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. And of course, the names that they have sometimes are are very sad names, especially when you realize mm-hmm. that the name Levi means attached, and mm-hmm. it kind of has the idea that maybe my husband will be attached to me. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, it's just a sad story um, where you have two wives, one is loved and the other is not. One is able to conceive, the other is not. Then there's competition between their, their servants as well. Uh, you would think they've not even heard their own history very well, going back you know, to Hagar. Mm-hmm. And, and you just see kind of a kind of a real mess you know that's bearing out and out of this will come the nation of israel and out of some of these sad nations will you know sad names will come you know the tribes of israel so god is working with a very imperfect people in a very imperfect circumstances in order to accomplish uh, his purposes for us and it's quite amazing what are some of the things that stand out as you guys look at this text um well this is one of the stories in the jesus storybook bible that actually sticks out to me. It's one that I've um, grown to absolutely love. And I love how Sally Lloyd-Jones um, lays it out. And of course, she she kind of, um, when when Leah says, when she has Judah and she names him this time, she names him Judah and says, this time I will praise the Lord. That's kind of um, when she reaches a point where she's not depending on her husband's attachment and um, love for her. And she actually focuses on, on the Lord and his love for her. And then of course, but if we read further than what Sally Lloyd-Jones has the, uh, the time to do in her short story, um, we see that once again, Leah is mm-hmm. still kind of finding herself needing her husband's um, love and affection. And uh, yeah, that's just, it's, I mean, such like what you said, such a sad picture of what what it can look like when we are um, so dependent on another person um, and their affection toward us, their what they think of us, um, 
and the value that they provide for us. And, um, and I, but I do love that with Judah, for some reason, she looked up instead of looking to her husband, um, and said, this time I will praise the Lord. And of course, Judah is the one, um, whose line we follow and we, we find Jesus, um, no, it, and it is, you know, in the rhythm, of course, it begins with saying that, uh, uh, you know, that uh, Leah was not loved. And so she named her children, you know, because the Lord has seen my misery, because the Lord had heard I am not loved. Now at last my husband will come attached to me. And, and finally, in, in, in this one instance, her focus is not on, on her husband and what her husband can bring to her, but on the Lord and what the Lord can bring to her. And, of course, as we're talking about dysfunction, you know that is a that is a moment for Leah when her eyes are set in the right place, and of mm-hmm. course, we look at it and, and we want to see the entire story change from that time right. on. Mm-hmm. Um, but later, she'll give birth to another son and say, "Maybe this time I'll be honored." Mm-hmm. And, and so her focus has gone back to, you know, to her shame and to her honor and to her, you know, and to her husband. And of course, it's a pattern that's very evident in our own life. It'd be great if we could come to a place. Right. And in our good moments where we say, you know, this time I'm just going to praise the Lord for good or for bad, for better or for worse because of who He is and not because of the things that, you know, that He brings to me. Uh, but we too fall back into old patterns you know, time and time again. And we, we need to refocus, hear the gospel again, and receive God's grace again. So that is, you if you are looking for a a, a high ending. note in this particular passage. <laughs> yeah. Katie just grabbed it real early in the podcast, so we should close <laughs> in prayer. <laughs> we, should call, we should close Let's in prayer. <laughs> well, I also, um, you know, there's that exchange with Rachel and Jacob, too. So, obviously, children are a big deal, and Rachel's become very jealous of Leah's children. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that she even says to Jacob, give me children or I'll okay. die. But a shining moment for Jacob as uh, he says to her, am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? So kind of a shining moment for him where he points her, but then she turns around and says, well, here, take my servant. I mean, she doesn't accept yeah. that it would be God's will for it, her. And so. I'm not exactly sure that's a shining moment. Well, I tried I, to I, give I, Jacob yeah, his yeah, attack. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's not make him too heroic there. He's going <laughs> to yeah. just leave me alone. <laughs> I know, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> this not, yeah, this is not my fault. This is you know, kind of God's, you know, God's, you know, God's fault. Mm-hmm. But it is, you know, it is interesting that we do have in the text that, you know, God saw what was happening and, you know, for his purposes withheld, you know, children for a time from Rachel and honored, you know, Leah for a time, you know, with, with uh, Rachel, I mean, with, um, uh, with her, yeah, with yeah. Leah. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's one of the things that stood out to me is, um, just how it begins when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, you know, he, he acts and it's just that reminder. We've seen it time and time again. We saw that over and over again with Hagar, you know, where, where God sees the, the inmost parts of our hearts. He sees the actions that aren't always there. And obviously the actions would have been, I mean, we would have seen Jacob physically choosing Rachel time and time again over Leah or despising Leah. But, you know, God seeing that, taking mm-hmm. notice of that, and also acting. Um, and then coming back to the end of it, seeing Rachel's disgrace, mm-hmm. you know, and then enabling mm-hmm. her to conceive and... Yeah, I mean, we we honor children, you know, as far as we would say, you know, that that we we look at children and we see them as gifts, and and, mm-hmm. and in this story, we're we're seeing this kind of war over children, but it's also we're seeing that we're kind of being 
we've, we've been running that storyline of children yeah. throughout, mm-hmm. you know, where it would have been an honor to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now how much more for those kids to become the descendants of the promise of Abraham. Mm-hmm. You know, that th- this wasn't just about, you know, having kids. These kids were also wrapped up in the descendants mm-hmm. um, that, that we saw in that the right. promise in Genesis 12. Mm-hmm. And, and as good as you know, family life is and as great as children are, uh, they can become in our life something that is bigger than God himself. And, of course, uh, the Lord invited those that would follow him to know that uh, they can't love wife and children uh, or even their own life more than they can love him and the call mm-hmm. you know, to come you know, immediately after him. So it is, you know, it is uh, not only something that was big for them, but it is something that is big for us. And we can mm-hmm. uh, never you know, treasure our family too much unless our treasure and our family uh, takes a place of the way that we treasure and the affections, you know, that we have set in the Lord. You're also going to see another little subtext, you know, that takes place in here, you know, over these mandrake, you know, yeah, plants, yeah. which were, you know, <laughs> given, oh, they, you know, they were supposed to have, you know, yeah, they were supposed to have mm-hmm. properties oh. of enabling, you know, one to conceive. Oh. And so you see them rather than depending on God, mm-hmm. you just see them depending on some of the superstitions of their own culture. And you're going to see this develop throughout, you know, the Jacob story. So the mandrakes were, you know, supposed to have kind of a potent power in order to enable, you know, a woman to conceive. Mm -hmm. And so you have have them depending on that uh, rather than depending on God. Mm In this particular instance, so it is. It is fun to kind of get in the middle of their dysfunction to uh, mm. be a little bit bewildered how they could be so dysfunctional, and then look and see our own dysfunction and say, "Yeah, no, I get it." Because <laughs> since the fall, and, and we've talked about this, you know, from the beginning, you know, since the fall, you know, every bit of our lives are, are shaped by our sin. We don't see as clearly as we should. We don't act in a way that is consistent with the glory that God created us to know. And and so every bit of our life is tainted by this, you know, self-centered self-love and and longing to find our identity in and apart from God. And you see this uh, in the patriarchs and in their wives and in their kids and in every generation of Israel uh, until the one true Israelite is born in Bethlehem. Mm. So it's Mm -hmm. it's a... it's a fun, bewildering read and reminds us of the faithfulness of God in spite of the unfaithfulness of those that he works in and through. Katie, you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Father, thank you for passages like this in your word where we are reminded that you, in your grace, um, work through people who are imperfect just like us and um, that you accomplish your purposes through them and through us because you are good and you're perfect. Um, Thank you that as we read that you remembered, Rachel, that we are reminded that you remember your people and that you move towards us um, in such loving and gracious ways um, and in powerful ways. So thank you for moving toward us um, ultimately in your son that, that Jesus um, left his throne and and put on flesh and dwelt among us and um, not only set an example and became a model of what it's like to to live humbly as a servant, but um, atoned for our sins, that made a way for us to live in community with you despite our imperfections, despite the fact that we deserve nothing but your wrath. 
So thank you for this good news. Thank you for preserving your remnant, God, um, all throughout, preserving your offspring all throughout these generations, Lord. Um, and thank you for all the things, all the ways that these things point us to Jesus. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.